Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Well College Podcast, where we want to provide tools to help our college students be spiritually formed. So tune in as we dive into today's episode, where we will be discussing life after graduation. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this uh, new episode of the College Podcast. Uh, today, we have our third guest, who is Peyton Gotch. Uh, good luck spelling that last name. <laughs> That's a stupid joke. Um, but let me just start by explaining to you a little bit about the heart, why we are bringing some uh, guest speakers to talk to us about post-college life. Uh, there's a time in between you know, high school and obviously the working world, let's call it that, where, you know, it's like this transitional place where nobody really knows what to do with college students, right? You're not in high school, but at the same time, you don't have the life experience of like people who are in the working world. So uh, my heart for you is to actually validate this time and give it a lot of purpose. So I'm not interested in us trying to figure out how to follow Jesus while we're in college. Um, because that's a transitional phase. Uh, you know, I can predict with, we, anybody can predict with 100% certainty that within four, five, six, seven, however number of years you take to finish college, uh, that it will come to an end. Uh, so college is not naturally designed to be a stage where you stay in forever. So the question that I have uh, for all of us is not how do we follow Jesus right now in college, but I'm more interested in learning how to follow Jesus uh, once we get out of college. So why don't we utilize, uh, you know, this four or five years for us to kind of speak into the stage of life that you're in uh, to perhaps just give some wisdom or, or, or some practical tools. You know, whenever I was in college, I was given a lot of tools that uh, just kind of proved to be very unpractical or unapplicable for after graduation. So here you have us. Um, this time, Peyton and I, just two normal, um, not very old. Are you what, 37? Yeah, pushing 48. <laughs> no, he's actually like 12. Um, it's a joke. We were both 27. You're on the way to being 28 or, or vice versa. I'm 29. Okay, you're about to be 29. I'm about to be 28. So there's just one year difference. Two peas in a pod. Yes, two peas in a pod. And uh, really not the wisest people, uh, but you know what? At nice. least we have some. Uh, what were you going to say? I That's a total this. We're not the widest people. <laughs> the wisest people. Yeah, we are the widest and the wisest. Um, that's a joke. <laughs> but you just have us here to at least talk a little bit about how, you know, we transition from out of college into the working world. And hopefully it's helpful. And uh, we miss you guys a ton. I hope that all of you are doing okay. But um, aside from this, I'm going to stop ranting and I'm just going to hand it over to Peyton. Uh, Papa, would you mind uh, just telling us a little bit about who you are, where were you born, etc.? Yeah, I'd love to. So I am super boring. I'm a born and raised Abilinian. And so a lot of people that you're probably dry heaving at the thought of living in Abilene forever, but been here forever. Uh, went to Cooper High School where I met my wife. And so we were high school sweethearts. Been together 13 years, and that's been awesome. I have a one-year-old that we love named Grayson, and he just had a 
eye surgery about two weeks ago. He was cross-eyed as a bet. Now he's looking straight <laughs> and can hit a baseball and all that good stuff. So sweet, he's sweet. doing awesome. But yeah, from Abilene, I went to Texas Tech for a little bit to get my undergrad, bachelor's in engineering, and felt um, it just felt kind of out of place. Didn't feel like my heart was in it. I was good at it, but it wasn't something that I felt like I was called to do. So I went around to a couple of different majors. I was a math major. I was a counseling major, all this kind of stuff. Till finally, I felt called to ministry. And so I transferred to Hardin-Simmons, go Cowboys. Same hand signal as Texas Tech. Got the guns up. Not that much difficult, the transition there? I'm just a big gun nut. Yeah. That's all I'm <laughs> America! Not, I'm not really. Uh, but yeah, transferred to Hardin-Simmons, got my ministry degree. And so I'm glad we're talking about planning because it took six and a half years to get my undergrad. So don't mm. feel bad if it took you four or five. That sounds about right. Yeah. Dude, crazy. And you've been in Abilene ever since. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, seven years, I think I've been back. So. And um, you're also going back to school for counseling, right? I am. And so kind of part of this, what we're going to talk about is how plans can be kind of fluid and changing when you're trying to figure out your call. So right now I do the operation stuff at the well, and I've felt it on my heart to um, to explore counseling more. And so I'm going to go to I'm taking a class through Christian Counseling Foundation um, where I can transfer that to a seminary if I feel like that's the right route. So this summer I'm taking a counseling class to kind of steward some gifts to see if that's the right way to go about it. This is what I love about uh, Peyton. Peyton is usually a guy that falls on uh, how do you say the it's kind of like the back work where you behind do a lot. Behind the scenes. Behind the scenes, yeah. yeah. Uh, Peyton is like behind the scenes work. He does a lot of the numbers and he does a lot of facilities. And it's usually not the guy who is um, in the uh, spotlight in a worldly sense. But this something. Is, this is uncomfortable for me. <laughs> That's okay, dude. I'm just flattening you. Um, but uh, it will follow up with a diss or a roast. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, I'm at. Uh, talking in front of people right now oh that's uncomfortable not, yes. you, not you toot my horn oh okay. <laughs> golly dear dear god okay you can cut that uh, <laughs> okay <laughs> i guess uh, okay never. oh the giggles man it's only like three thirty-three in the afternoon and it already feels like we've been awake for Uh-oh. hours but Nevertheless, um, Peyton's just a guy that's normally in, um, you know, doing all the back work uh, and he doesn't get a lot of uh, recognition. But I am here to say that Peyton is one of the most pastoral guys that you will meet and encounter in our church body of uh, the well. So all that to say, it just makes a lot of sense to have him here with us. That's super kind of you. Okay, Um, let's just move (laughs) forward. Uh, but I have here a couple of questions that I send you privately, uh, not privately, pre- previously. I mean, it was just to me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, privately or, or previously and privately. Uh, and uh, one of them says, um, what are some expectations that you had going out of college uh, into the working world that you found to be unrealistic? Mm. Uh, I think any expectations I had were unrealistic. I think even going into college, like I said, I I had the expectations to be an engineer, you know, go off and make a bunch of money and retire young and all that good stuff. And so that was already a false expectation I had built up. And so when I transferred to ministry, I had this idea that I was going to be the guy. I was going to be the pastor of some some church here in Abilene or somewhere else, you know, uh, 
do that for a bunch of years and then retire and all that fun stuff. And I tried preaching and it was just, it was awful. Like it, it wasn't like underprepared or anything like that. Well, it, it was a pretty crummy sermon. But, but <laughs> Probably was, overprepared. Do you, yeah. you have the mind of an engineer to preach a sermon? It's, uh, it's just, yeah, uh, never mind. That's all right. It's about bridges. Like, yeah. It was an engineering sermon. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, yeah. I just felt God humbling me in that experience because my thought process was, you know, I can be the guy. And it was God firmly saying, you're not going to be the guy. And mm-hmm. honestly, like since then, taking that off my plate, like Santi said, being in the background and I get plenty of recognition, but it's where I want to be. And I, I felt God lead me to that place. And so if you're following expectations, um, yep. don't, don't expect your own expectations to be met. Yes. Like expect God to meet you where he's going to meet Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and at, at the end of the day, what matters is that the Lord is working in our hearts to transform us into the image of his son, Jesus. And that often happens in the background. Um, if anything, it always happens in the background. It's, um, I mean, it can happen as a spotlight, but I think it's probably a lot easier for it to happen in in the backwoods, you know, never mind. That's a Louisiana accent. Uh, sorry, Duncan Wilborn, if you're listening to this, I'm uh, making fun of your home state. But, um, never mind. Yes, that's a good, good answer. Um, something that I wanted to ask you, too, is, um, you know, in time you have in, in college, you have all this time to invest it into different things. Right. Um, what were some of the things that you invested your time in college that you were really thankful for? Yeah, so we talked about my stepping fraternity, which you can have or take whatever you want to think about that. But one thing that it did well is that it, it was a Christian fraternity, and so the purpose was to know Scripture, and that was super important. And so we would spend nights as we were pledging, like memorizing Scripture, you know, the armor of God, Acts 2, all that stuff, memorizing those. And in a way, it can be prideful, like knowing those, but it was good to get in the habit of knowing scripture, knowing the word. And I wouldn't have done that if I hadn't been in that fraternity. And so I know it's good. um, It's good practice to start reading your Bibles now, because what you do now will will set pace for what you do in post-college life. And so coming up with certain rhythms now, even if even if you've graduated, like changing your rhythms now will set the pace for what you do the rest Mm -hmm. of your life. And so find time. I know it's crazy with college where you're up at 2 a.m. and you wake up at 7 a.m. to go to class or whatever. So it's hard to have a consistent prayer time, but just find the time that works for you. Like even if it's cramming in a 15 minute session at lunch or whatever. Yes. Uh, That's one of, that's actually one of the big dreams about doing this kind of podcast, because what happened to me in college is I set up all my rhythms around college time you know, so basically you go to class at eight, then you get out of the class at nine fifteen, whatever. Then you have an hour and a, cl- a half till your next class. So I'm going to use that hour and a half to read scripture or whatever else that, you know, suddenly when I jumped into the working world, usually that the, the time after graduation seemed a lot more limited. Um, like you had to be more intentional to figure out how to utilize that time. Um, intentionally because now you have a nine to five and then you have a wife and then you have a baby and um, et cetera, et cetera. So um, that's, that's something something that I'm just really curious be, before we move on to another question is the following. 
uh, in college, you said that you memorize scripture a ton, right? Mm. Uh, did you th- did they teach you some sort of method to memorize scripture, or how did you go about that? That you just repeat it until you know death do us part? What? Yeah, I mean it's not fair because we had to like we had a line that we we pledged with or whatever, and so we had to recite Ephesians six like word for word at the same time, and so it seriously just meant the seven seven of us getting together and yelling Ephesians 6 at the exact same time until someone messed up and then starting over. That's so, cool. That sounds that's, that's like one yeah. way to learn it, but I also <laughs> won't forget Ephesians 6 because we spent hours and hours just trying to learn. That's like Navy Navy SEALs, dude. Yeah. The hardcore. Yeah, and then we had to go step. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I wish you could do a demo for us, but this is a non-visual, so I wouldn't be... Here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he didn't do it. He's just teasing. Cool, dude. Awesome. Well, dude, let me let's uh, let's move over here to the next question, where um, I just ask you about um, how does your personal time with the Lord look like now, um, especially, you know, in in college. Do, do you kind of remember how that time was in college, and how does it look like now, and how yeah. is that different? Or yeah, so it's it's been like pulling teeth trying to change my my college habits. Like we talked about, you go to bed at two a.m. and you wake up early, so you're you're all over the place. So it's hard for me to naturally say, hey, at 10 a.m., I'm going to pray for 15 minutes. You know, my job is systematized, but my prayer life is not. And so it's it's still, when I can get out of the house, Santi talked about having a wife and a kid. Like, there's no quiet time in a house with a, just one one-year-old, much less having three kids or whatever other people have. And so... Or try five. Yeah. Dear. Yeah. I can't imagine. And oh. so... Yeah, it, it just depends. Like, sometimes my quiet time can be on the way to work. Like, I'll, I'll just listen to an audio of the Bible, like maybe Colossians or something. Just listen to that and pray through that. Sometimes it looks like getting to my office first thing and, and praying while no one else is here and doing that kind of stuff. But, again, it's been hard for me to say, hey, at as soon as I get up, 6.45, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to brush my teeth, you know, schedule it out. It's it's when I can find the quiet time. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, and I remember too in in college. Like, notice that there's a slight bend here in the way that I asked you the question, because it's not how does your quiet time look like, but it's like how does your time with the Lord look like? Mm-hmm. Because in a lot of ways, and I don't know if this was true in tech, you know, it's like kind of like a crazy university, uh, but uh, you know, kind of like in this back of the woods, right? Uh, you know, there's McMurray, HSU, ACU. They're all like Christian colleges, whatever, but. Um, there's there's a kind of like this underlining culture of terms that really don't mean much or in a lot of ways they mean so much that they keep they can become unrealistic so um, I figure that using the time or using the word quiet time or something like that carries so much weight uh, you know in, in my mind this is a habit that I kind of picked up from college where every single quiet time had to be this like you know, Sinai experience mm-hmm. of the radiance of the Lord shining upon my face and yeah. it becoming, you know, my beard becoming white because my face is already white. It's a joke. Yeah. Never mind. But, but you get the point, right? Yeah. Like there was something about that. Um, and, and I also had the time to do it. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, oh man, I'm just going to stay up till two in the morning reading scripture or whatever. Yeah. Uh, now next morning I'll wake up and I feel like a train just hit me. But um, but there's something about that, right? That in college you have the time, quiet time carries this kind of, you know, weight of being this epiphany where you start with, 
you know, listening to elevation worship and then you start crying and you have this epiphany and suddenly you transition into, you know, you open your Bible in Colossians 3, whatever, you read it and it blows your mind. And suddenly I come out of college and my, my again, I don't want to use the word quiet time, my, my time with the Lord sometimes, if not often, if not most times, does not look like that. So there's an aspect in which realistically you can expect for you know not to have and also not to idolize that time where where we're like oh my gosh i'm my quiet time if, if it's not you know so often you read scripture and then you feel like you don't get anything from it and that doesn't mean that it's not meaningful it doesn't mean that the lord you know is not sovereign to be able to bring that something out of that that is good and that it's actually fruitful right um so yeah, don't don't give yourself a hard time if your if your quiet time, you know, kind of changes as you graduate and yeah, and it looks like a drive to work and yeah. memorizing one verse instead of you know a full book. chapter and a half. Yeah, yeah. Unless it's Philemon, it's uh, really short. <laughs> Never mind. I'm trying to Isaiah right now. Yes, yes, yes. It. I'm uh, trying to Isaiah and I'm about verse one and I'm already I don't know. I I think just to kind of piggyback off that real quick, I. I totally agree with Santi. Like my my prayer time, my my time with the Lord looked like okay, I'm going to sit down, and this may just be me, but it's like, you know, you read Paul's intros to the book, and then you're like, this is Paul with you know Epaphroditus, whoever, and my mind is okay, who's Epaphroditus? So I'll go and do the, look up who he is for 20 minutes. Okay, it's Colossians. Where's Colossae or Colossae or whatever? Where's that at? And so I spend. 30 minutes looking up the history in the background without actually reading or growing closer to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Like it was almost like a homework type project. And I, I think the biggest quote that I've heard recently, either Jay or Austin said it, but it's pray until you've prayed and read until you've read. Like there doesn't have to be a certain time length. I know that's simple. And sometimes you're going to feel like you need to do more. feel like you, you're doing too much to try to prove something, but just mm -hmm. pray until you've prayed. I'm like as simple as that is, that's been huge for me. Yeah. You just start talking yeah and then suddenly you find yourself you know you often it's like five minutes or or three or sure. two whatever 30 seconds after you've been just kind of talking you find yourself actually meaning what you say and then people start coming to mind and yeah yeah absolutely all all weights off uh, if anything i feel like the, the the whole pushback against the quiet time is that it places this co uh, cookie cutter method on everyone mm -hmm. when in reality it's like if if we walk with the lord that is a very personal relationship and there's a way in which we can get you know be informed about how other people's time with the lord looks like but also there's an aspect in which the lord just kind of wants to meet you where you're at bro like mm -hmm. uh, like don't sweat uh, sure seriously and the difference too like you even said it and sorry i'm taking over again this is terrible but you're doing great um the difference between devotional and study mm -hmm. you mentioned this and i think it's really really especially for our bible majors out there mm -hmm. there's a difference between reading the bible devotionally and reading it as a study both have the ultimate end of steering our affections for jesus but devotionally it's more concerned about how the scripture is transforming us versus studying has to do more with you know what the text actually says and um, so if you're reading Psalms, right, and you're like, you know, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, uh, devotionally, you can just be like, Lord, 
how am I walking like the wicked? Yeah. Study is like, well, what does it look like? What does it mean? A counselor. So then you go look at that word and whatever else. But sometimes, especially if you don't have the time, um, devotionally, it's, it's, it can be done in a lot quicker moments. Versus study takes like 45 minutes for you to find like this word, whatever. Suddenly 45 minutes have passed and you're like, dear God. So yeah, that makes sense. There's a little dichotomy there. Well, and I think it, it ties back to the expectations we were talking about. Like the more consistently you're engaging with the spirit, like trying to see where Jesus is leading you, that will change your expectations. Like I know I've been guilty of, I'll pray for something. And in the back of my head, like I know it's going to happen. Like, like my engineering job, I prayed for that, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, it's going to happen. It's going to be this thing. It's going to happen. And then God radically changed the trajectory of that. Um, I wasn't praying about it. I was praying for something that I knew I was going to make happen. And so seeking the Lord in like certain times, like just consistently seeking Him, you can see how the Lord's moving. You can prepare your heart for what comes next easier mm-hmm. than, yep. you know, just going in cold saying, I'm going to do this the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a, and that's something practical for all of us to start putting into practice now, uh, which is what college is all about. It's the, the uh, I don't know really what the preposition is, but the difference between praying to the Lord and praying for you, right? I, I don't know if that makes any sense. I really can't put yeah. it into words. Yeah. But um, if you're just praying the affirmation of what you already want, then that's not something that the Lord is calling us into. Rather, making prayer right now about dependence that's a huge deal that we were, I mean, we we're just talking about this at the beginning of the year, right? Where this is a time for for us to learn how to depend uh, on the Lord. And there's lots of prayers that go around there uh, yeah. about that. So, dude, cool. Um, now, let me, uh, let me ask you uh, this, and this is actually very personal uh, to you. So thank you so much for being willing to even talk to us about it. But we'll see. Um, yeah, you can always just punch me through the table. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We are six feet apart, by the way. Yeah. Uh, not that we hugged before this, but yeah. it's okay. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about um, debt, college, college debt, um, and how have you and Lindsay uh, have chosen to tackle it? Yeah. Yeah, so we. I hope y'all are smarter than we were and that y'all got a bunch of scholarships and all that stuff, but... It's a realistic idea that you're going to go into post-grad life with some some student loan debts. Um, don't get me wrong, Lindsay and I still have a, a mountain that we're paying off, but kind of goes back to those rhythms. Like, start paying on them now. Like, if you have any extra change, just, just start putting it towards there because I promise it'll it'll make a difference in the long run. Like, we, this isn't complaints, and, and God's been gracious to us, but I mentioned earlier our son had an eye surgery. So things like that are going to pop up when you're still paying on student loans. So if you prepare now, like set aside a little bit, overpay on your loans, get them knocked out. Um, it'll prepare you better in the long run. I know it kind of sounds like a, a Dave Ramsey speech or something, but. Well, aren't you a big fan of Dave Ramsey? Oh, uh, I, I mean, big fan. Of I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's fine. He's got a good system. But yeah, wasn't he helpful to you? He was. He, okay. He's good at framing what debt looks like and what it means in the long run. And so. Um, if you don't have any knowledge in that area, I suggest maybe one of his classes or just talking to your parents about what they've done. Um, I know in my house it was taboo to talk about money, so my parents didn't talk about money with me. But maybe maybe your family's different or maybe it's fine talking about now mm-hmm. because, it's, like I said, there's we're fine. 
I mean, we have a mortgage and all that, but we have we have quite a bit of debt. Okay. So we're trying to be smart about it. We don't we don't do crazy mm-hmm. expenses because we're we're trying to be smart with what we have and mm-hmm. um, be, still be able to give to the church because mm-hmm. the Lord's provided us. Yep. Tremendously. Yep. Lindsay and I had a an idea when we first got married that we were just going to budget out ten percent that we were going to give to the church, and then you forget about it. You set up direct deposit, and then it's like nothing ever happened. You just kind of pretend that that exact 10% number never hit your bank account, which is okay. Like I, you're still giving to the church, but it's not with the, a grateful heart. And so what I've been thinking about recently is how fasting and tithing are connected where they're both, they both should feel uncomfortable. You should notice both. They're both called, or they're both tools to help you realize your reliance on God and how, how faithful he's been. And so that, that's been big to us. The Lord's blessed us specifically Lindsay and I. Um, sure. tremendously and so yep. to be able to use those gifts and um, to bless the church bless missionaries <laughs> that kind of stuff good. No, no one knows. Well, and it just sounds so outrageous, but that's actually really good. Uh, and, and I mean, listen, we're we're just lay people, right? So in a lot of ways, you, you kind of have to take all these financial advice with a, with a grain of salt. Obviously, there are professionals that do this. We're just telling you what we've learned. But it's the difference between like good debt and bad debt, right? Mm-hmm. Like a house historically will probably appreciate, will gain value. So a house is a very good investment. Education is a good investment. Um, it's probably not wise for you to be a youth minister and graduate with a hundred thousand dollars of debt. Yeah. It's probably not, you know, really smart. Uh, or, or at least it's not smarter, not smart. It's probably not wise, right? It's not good mm-hmm. stewardship. Uh, credit card debt—that's terrible. It'll just loop you into this cycle of never-ending. Uh, It's—it's a little hole that you'll never be able to get out of. I mean, that's kind of fatalistic you one day you'll probably get out of it but but what i'm saying is what why be unwise and put yourself in a situation like that and put your family in a situation um like that right so things like credit card cars cars devalue really fast just by you taking it out of the car lot it has already lost uh, i don't know what the statistic is 15 percent or something like that i i bought a truck sorry i'm not gonna answer your statistic. Question, it doesn't so. matter. Yeah, just answer your question. <laughs> it's all made up anyway, so forget it. I, I graduated and I started working at United Supermarkets, and I thought I'm gonna buy my first car, like just me buying it. So I got a nice truck, and so the next day, like the very next day, I got T-boned in my in my brand new truck. And oh. so like stuff is just stuff. Buy a house, buy that good, you know, those good things, those necessary things. Mm-hmm. It was a Maslow's <laughs> hierarchy of needs. Like, yes. go through that. Cars not on there, that kind of stuff. Fancy yes. car. Just get Absolutely. what you need. Absolutely. Get what you need. It will, will get you past and be smart. It's it's about thinking long term. Yeah. And we don't do that even with our own spiritual lives. Yeah. The Lord usually works really, really slow. So you just be patient. Be Learn how to be in the present not live in some sort of like 
future that you cannot afford or some future that frustrates you in regards to your personal struggle struggles or or whatever just the lord's move the lord moves really slow fighting sin takes a lot of time it's a long-term deal in the same way thinking about finances and stewarding it's also a long-term deal um think ahead don't don't think only in immediate sure uh, and pray in those things like i I know a lot of people who are frustrated that are my age, 37. I'm just kidding, 29. Uh, <laughs> you look but, 37, though. <laughs> thanks. And that was a diss. Uh, uh, yeah, we have a lot of friends our age who aren't married, and that's frustrating to them. And so they had this expectation going out of college that they were going to be married by now. You know, maybe, maybe have a kid or two. And maybe praying in, why are you frustrated about that? Or what are the like the foundations of your heart that are, are making you angry with God and how he's moving? And i uh, those will be revealed like mm-hmm. that's that's gonna get chiseled away mm-hmm. yeah the end goal is that for us to look more like jesus yeah. so dude legit and uh the last uh, question that i had over here was can you walk us through uh this transition that you had from uh, united supermarkets which is like a corporate you know job uh to ministry how was that transition uh what sort yeah. of questions were you asking or or what is it what did it look like to walk that with Lindsay, um, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. So the Lord has been so faithful to me these past few years. So like I said, I graduated with a ministry degree. When I graduated I wanted to be a preacher and that was turned off to me. So at the time I was frustrated and so I thought I'm just gonna work, uh, pay off student loans like we're talking about and and go from there. And so I started Working at United Supermarkets, and I fired thousands of people. Not thousands, but people that stole and things like that. You had to fire. Yeah. It it was like cashiers taking money from registers and stuff. Everyone we fired was guilty, so it wasn't... It was was almost kind of fun. Mm -hmm. I say that shamefully. Yeah. But anyways, did that. And so I would go into a store, and I was responsible for any loss. So if... People were messing up the books, bookkeeping. I would go in and I would audit them. Or if people were throwing away too much stuff, I would audit them. Sounds like a super fun job, and it, it wasn't. And so, but luckily, God was gracious to me, and He set up that time of auditing books and and working in there. I'd had no experience before that working in books, and so having this kind of corporate systematized way of looking at books provided me uh, an in at the well. Uh, they needed someone who could do the books, needed someone who was admin-oriented, comes from a kind of a corporate background. Uh, and so it was kind of a culture shock getting over here because it's, it's just so different in the nonprofit world, in the church world, than, you know, 401ks and all that stuff. But, yeah, it was good. It was a smooth transition, honestly, because our, our staff is awesome. My first day, I, I got to office with Santi, and so that, that made it worthwhile. Dude, believe it or not, I've turned uh, Peyton into a hugger. Um, at least in my mind, I claim credit for that. So By that he means I hug Santi. Yes, absolutely. Well, at first he was just so stoic towards everybody. Golly. I was just social distancing before everybody else. <laughs> you were thinking ahead. Yeah. That's good. Plan ahead. Dude, absolutely. Well, that's so good, man. Thank you. Uh, seriously, thank you so much for uh, being here. And I just love hearing you talk about the stuff that's going on in your life. And um, with that said, um, thank you, uh, people. Thank you guys for uh, tuning in. 
uh, hope that this uh, episode was uh, helpful. If you have any questions or comments or would like to be in the loop of what's going on uh, during the summer or during the week or whatever, send us an email at collegeatthewellabilene.com and you can also follow us on Instagram at the well college. There uh, in the bio, in the bio, that's how you say never mind. In the bio, I left a little link where you can apply for um, if you're interested in being a GC leader, or if you want to do an internship, or just want to do you know hangouts over in the summer where you know we're having people over on Mondays and stuff like that. Just fill out the application stuff, and someone will get back. Uh, to you and we can start discussing you know how to move forward with that but with that said um, thank you so much for being here and see you next time